Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Nathanael said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of God. And Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. If you will, join with me in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you once again, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the blessed holidays, Father, in which we recognize you as Lord and King that came down for us. And Father, now we ask that you continue just to be in the midst of your people, Lord, allow them to hear your words, to hear a message that comes from above and not my own. And allow these, this message, Lord, to penetrate hearts and minds that they may become closer and closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. This is, uh, once again, one of our Sunday school lessons. And we're coming uh, from... Uh, the December 27th lesson, so we actually are current, and I titled this message, Same Call, Different Stories. Same Call, Different Stories. Same Call, Different Stories. I, I want to ask you all a question, and I want to pose and put a thought in your mind and just ask you a question, you're going to have to put on your thinking caps to uh, answer this one. But the question is, is can you recall the moment, the day or time you were saved? That you were convinced that Christ is who he said he is. And, and your life changed now. Your life changed. You couldn't live the same anymore. Your life changed, and you became a follower of Christ. Can you recall that day, that moment, or that time in which that occurred? And for others, I'll ask you another question. Can you remember the moment, the day, or the time you rejected him? When you were convinced that Jesus wasn't who he said. He is. 
and then you continue to live the way you lived unapologetically and without excuse. Can you recall that moment in which you, you rejected him? See, whatever the circumstances surrounding our receiving or our rejecting, you know, if, if there's a God or if there's not a God, uh, did he send his son or did he not send his son? See, it always comes down to a simple personal question with eternal implications. And we must ask this question, answer this question all the days of our lives, all the days of our lives. And this question is, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? In today's text, we'll see some folks that Jesus approached. We'll see two in particular. We'll see Philip and Nathaniel. And we're, we're going to go over a bit of their response, and, and we're going to see what we can glean from this, uh, this episode, if you will. Now, uh, remember that the theme of this quarter is preparation of disciples, right? So we're going to see how this can prepare us more as his disciples. Amen. So Philip was approached by Jesus, and we see in the 43rd verse, it says that the next day he, Jesus, proposed to go into Galilee. So he left where he was, where he was baptized, and John the Baptist had baptized him, and he chose to move on down to Galilee. And when he came to Galilee, he found Philip, and Jesus said to him, follow me. That's all we have. That's all we have. Jesus came to him, said, follow me, and obviously he followed by the verses that follow, right? Now, when we dig a bit more, and I dug a bit more and tried to learn more about Philip, the Bible doesn't give much information about him. His name means lover of horses. How that fits, I don't know. He has a Greek name, right? He was the only apostle or the only disciple, if you look in the list of disciples, he's the only one listed with a Greek name. Some say maybe he was a Hellenist, meaning that he grew up in a Greek or, or foreign population and not necessarily in a Jewish population. But the point is, though, is that he, the only disciple that actually was listed with a Greek name, obviously he had another name. Philip had another name because most folks back then had at least two names. Amen. Uh, dug a little bit and read of, of what John MacArthur had stated about him. J John MacArthur did a character study of Philip, and he said this. He said that Philip was a man of limited ability. But believe it or not, they all were. <laughs> they all were. All the ones that Christ chose had limited ability, right? They were fishermen. In addition to that, he said that he was a man of weak faith and imperfect understanding. I can relate to that, right? He said also that he was a skeptic, analytical, pessimistic, reluctant, and unsure. 
He was a by-the-book type of guy. And he was facts and figures type of guy. That's what John MacArthur stated about him. Just by what you can glean from the other uh, sources. It also says, traditionally, he was one of the first martyrs. Uh, he died shortly after James, a few years after James. And in fact, it, sta it was stated that he died uh, by being stoned to death in Asia Minor. But it also states that he left a significant impression upon this earth because he led many to Christ. So his faith didn't remain weak, and his, his, his disposition didn't remain uh, 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 doubtful or, or skeptical or, or, or pessimistic. In fact, he became one full of hope, and he was able to transfer that hope to others. But yet, what's interesting here and what's relevant now is the exchange between he and Jesus. Jesus came and said, follow me. And without hesitation, Philip followed. Without hesitation. Next, as we go on in our scripture lesson text, we see that he uh, had an encounter with Nathaniel. Nathaniel's name means God has given. And scholars uh, have concluded that Nathaniel and Bartholomew they are the same person. They are the same person. In, in John, he's referred to as Nathaniel. In other Gospels, he's referred to as Bartholomew. Amen. MacArthur also did a character study of Nathaniel. And he said that Nathaniel was a lover of Scripture. Philip as well. In fact, he goes on to say that, that Philip and Nathaniel, they were friends, they were buddies, and more than likely they may have studied together and may have even gone to school together because all of these brothers who became apostles were in the same region or in the same city. What was interesting too is that he said that Nathaniel had a prejudice. He was prejudiced. Uh, that's interesting. And, and, and he showed that prejudice by saying, what in the world good can come out of Nazareth, right? Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathaniel said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? See, if you read a bit about Nazareth and if you read the Sunday school uh, books, you would see that Nazareth wasn't a great place, right? It was heavily uh, populated by foreigners, and, and if it was a bunch of foreigners there, then all of a sudden that was a check mark against it from the Jewish people right there, right? They didn't like too much mixture going on, right? And it was a, 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 a city type of uh, a, a Traverse city full of commerce and things that were going on. In fact, it's still like that today, where it's a lot of trade and 
things of that nature going on. And, and then it had a, a definite, significant uh, 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 foreign presence in it. It had like, like uh, the Roman guards had a station there, right? And, and, and then they also had some type of uh, theater there as well. So it was a lot of like, like Gentile stuff going on in, in Nazareth. So the Jewish people were turned off about it, and, and, and they were mostly like Nathaniel when they said, can any good thing come from out of Nazareth? Here's the thing that's kind of funny to me. Uh, Nathaniel lived uh, pretty much in Nazareth himself. <laughs> he, he was kind of like so in the vicinity that, that, that why did he make such a distinction? You know, it's like Waterford to Pontiac. Why did he make such a distinction like that? In fact, I can even, make, I can even take it further. It's like, you know, everybody in Pontiac, but those Eastsiders? I'm a Westsider. Those Eastsiders? I mean, that's how ridiculous this was. But yet there was some type of prejudice there. And that's how we are. It kind of shows some, some, some just that, that human nature of ours where we want to always want up each other for some reason. We always want to look down on one another for some reason. We want to, you know, get our self-esteem going at the expense of others, so to speak. And, it, and it's that type of prejudice that Nathaniel was showing. And, but, but, he wasn't a hypocrite. <laughs> he wasn't a hypocrite. He was authentic. Verse uh, 47 says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Jesus knew his character. He was, he, hey, Nathanael was a, a what you see is what you get type of guy. That's how he was. He was like, hey, what you see is what you get. I'm, 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 I'm cutting it straight. I'm cutting it straight. He was one with eager faith as well because he, remember, he was one that was sitting under that fig tree, meditating, right? Meditating on Scripture. He was a seeker of God. They all were seekers of God. Jesus not only told Nathaniel about his location, but he also told Nathaniel what he was thinking about, what he was contemplating, what he was meditating on, right? Because we see from the 48th verse, 49th verse, Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Right? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel, right? Nathaniel's testimony was different than that of Philip's, right? And that's why I said same call, but different stories. Right? Nathaniel's testimony was different than that of Philip's, right? Nathaniel had his share of questions for Jesus. 
he was trying to be uh, an investigator, so to speak. He, 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 was, he was one that had a bunch of questions and tried to figure out what Jesus was all about. In, in other words, when Jesus greeted him with that, you know, um, you know a true Israelite, you know, one of no deceit, he, he kind of looked back and said, how you know me? How you know me? Are you trying to flatter me just to follow you? Are you trying to talk, you know, sweet to me just so I can follow you? How you know me? Right? And he had his questions, and he was investigating, so to speak, Jesus. See, although Philip followed without hesitation, Nathaniel had a different story. He wanted to figure out, okay, who is this character that's talking to me? Right? Different stories, but that same call, that same call. And we can glean from these two characters as well. The first thing we can glean is we, we can observe that one that note that God sovereignly seeks and calls us. Right? That's the first thing we should note. God sovereignly seeks and calls us. Even though Philip had said in verse 45, we found him. Now, what is true is verse 43, and Jesus went to Galilee and found Philip, <laughs> right? God sovereignly seeks us, and it brings us back to something that we had discussed before, how God calls us, how God calls us, and we described and, and talked about before how there are two calls. There's the effectual call, effectual call, and then there's the general call. That general call goes out to everyone, and it's an invitation for all to come. To the utmost, Jesus saves. Come, come. But then there's the effectual call, and that effectual call says that when God calls, you, you come in. Oh, oh, you coming. You coming. Now, it may not be, you know, the same time I came, but you coming. <laughs> right? It may not be 2020, but you coming. You know, because when he calls and that effectual call goes out, oh, it's no, no doubt about it. You coming. It reminds me of how I was called to the ministry, right? I was like, I ain't going. I'm not, no, I, I don't care what you say. I'm not minister. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll play, and, and hopefully one day I'll play, you know, and I'll be doing albums and everything else, but not nah, nah, preaching, no way. And then I was on my way home, living in Southfield, and, and he bugged me so much. That Holy Spirit bugged me so much. I was literally crying all the way down Telegraph. What do you need for me to do? What do you want me to do so you can leave me alone? You coming. <laughs> You're going to come, right? And God calls, and he calls with an effectual call. So God calls, and when he calls, we cannot ignore he sovereignly seeks 
and he sovereignly seeks us. Amen. The second thing we can get from this is, is our second observation is that Philip's response to the call was without hesitation, right? But you would have named Nathaniel, you could have named rather Nathaniel doubting Nathaniel. You could have, right? Rather than doubting Thomas, it could have been a doubting Nathaniel, right? Because Nathaniel, he, he, he hesitated. He wanted, to, he wanted to see what was going on. He wanted to investigate before he came, right? And we all have our stories, as I stated, and some come to Christ, like, just real simple. As some would say, it's a vanilla testimony. You know, I, I just knew I needed him. That's it. And others come with like spectacular, spectacular stories. You know, I was on my deathbed and I just looked up and, and, and Gabriel was there. And he said, come, you need to go to Christ. You need to be. And that's their testimony. You know, it's like a spectacular testimony. And some are testimonies that are different. Amen. That are more simple. Amen? But either way, the point is, is this. We have a testimony that will reach someone. Amen? We have a testimony that will reach someone. Rather it be a simple testimony or a spectacular testimony. Either way, it's a testimony that can engage Someone is a testimony that someone can receive and relate to, and then that can draw them. Amen. God can use that to draw them. Here's the other thing, other observation that we can uh, pull from this. He didn't get into some, he, meaning Philip, didn't get into some big debate with Nathaniel, right? When Nathaniel said to him, you know, can any good thing come from Nazareth? He didn't say, well, brother, can anything good come from Cana? From Cana? I mean, where you live, around your corner? See, see, Nazareth is this, and, 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 and Cana is this. And, and then he could have gone and talked and listed all the particulars and everything else and gave this grand argument. No, no. What he did is he gave his testimony right? He gave what God gave him. And then after that, he said, come and see. Come and see. It wasn't like a battle of wits, or who can outwit, who can out-argue one another. No, it's like, I'm going to give you what God gave me, and then come and see. Come and see. See, see it's not our job to call. It's our job to go. Amen? And it's not our assignment to convince. It's not up to us to convince. It's, a, it's, it's, it's up to us to testify, right? To testify. See, like Philip, we leave the convincing to God, the Holy Spirit. We, we, we let them know that God is inviting them. We let them know that God is inviting. There's an invitation. And God will even allow you, if you so choose, 
the Almighty will even allow you to investigate him. He will allow you to probe him and investigate him and, and ask him the questions that, that are, that's on your heart and your mind before you come to him. He will say, go ahead and, and, and prove me. <laughs> try me. Go ahead and try me. And he'll allow you to do that if, if need be. But the point is, is like I told you all before, is I can go ahead and I can have this delicious hamburger up here and I bite into it and, and, and I tell you I can just testify about how delicious this burger is. I can tell you all day long about the onions and tomatoes and peppers and Oh, my God, how they just dance on my taste buds right now. And the mayonnaise is just enough. And it's just right. See, but no matter how much I describe this to you, you can't taste it. And that's why Psalms 34 and 8 says, Oh, come, <laughs> taste and see that the Lord is, is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. You got to come for yourself. See, you got at some point when you're out there and you're telling others your story and then all of a sudden they need more proof and everything else. At some point, you got to pull out Psalms 34 and 8 and say, come, taste and see for yourself that the Lord is good. Amen. Your testimony, it may not be received by some and another's testimony may hit home for them. But the point is that your testimony will reach, will, will be applicable to someone. God just wants you to tell it. He wants you to share it. Share what he's given you. See, don't worry about uh, being uh, the smartest, being the most eloquent, being the most polished. No, it's not about that. God didn't get the most polished people. He didn't go around Galilee and said, I'm going to get professor here, scientist here, doctor here, and then I'm going to have them all be my disciples. He didn't do it like that. He went and got him a crew. <laughs> he went and got a crew, right, to do his job. He went and got his crew, and it reminds us of, of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. And it's a long portion of scripture, but it drives the point home. And Paul said this, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong and the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, so that we may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. 
That's who God chose. He didn't show, he didn't choose these polished people, these, these, these refined folks. He wants you to go out there just as you are. He said, Jerry, go out there and say something about me. Go out there and tell them of me and tell them, tell them in your Pontiac vernacular. Tell them. Tell them out there and go and tell them. And, 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 and when you do, I'm going to use that because I'm the one that's calling. I send you, but I'm the one that's calling. And I'll be the one that convinced. You just tell them. You just tell them. And you just share. And share about the goodness of the Lord. Share how good he's been to you. Share how he's turned your life around. Share all of the blessings that he has bestowed upon you. And you just share your story because someone else has their story, but they still have the same calling. They have that same call and that effectual call. When God calls them, they got to come. But how can they come unless they hear God is sending us preachers out there to go and tell somebody about him. Amen? Go and tell somebody about him. He goes on in verse 50 and 51, and Jesus said, answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of God. Now, Jesus reached back to Genesis, the 28th chapter, where Jacob had a, a, a situation, right? And he had a dream. And when he dreamt, when he, dreamt he saw that there was, appeared to be a, a ladder, right? There was this ladder. And all of a sudden, he saw angels coming up and down this ladder, the ladder extended from heaven to earth, right? And Jesus basically was saying, I'm the ladder. <laughs> I'm that connection between heaven and earth. So when I'm sending you out there, remember, I'm the connection, right? I am the connection. I'm the one that's, and, and, and you believe, Nathaniel, because I told you what was in, in your mind and in your heart, see? But, but you're going to see greater things than this. You're going to see that I'm the connection between heaven and earth. And that's what we must keep in mind as well. We're not the connection. We're not the ones that call, Right? We're not the ones that convince. Why put that pressure on yourself as if God needs like, 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 like um, Mike wins. He needs a whole bunch of them, you know, call Mike wins or call, call Lee. Just call Lee free. As if he needs a team of lawyers to come and, and, and argue his case. He doesn't need that. Now, don't get me wrong. Study to show yourself approved so that you will have an answer. But here it is. When God gives you what he gives you, then they don't receive it. Then what you have to say is, come and see. <laughs> come and see, because I'm not the one that convinces. I'm not the one that convicts. He is. 
He's the one that calls. Amen. He is the one that is connecting heaven and earth. Amen. It's, 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 it's so interesting how we get into this, and I was thinking about this uh, this week. It's so interesting how we as Christians are, are, are called and, and we kind of sit, just sit on the good news and as if we're trying to keep it to ourselves, as if we've done God a favor by responding to the call. So we, since we've responded, since, since, since our response was favorable, then, then we, we should be even with God. We should be good. We should be good. See, see it, it, we, we, we've done God the big favor by coming. See, it, you know, what shall I render for all his blessings? Well, the fact that I came is what I render. You see what I'm saying? Some, somehow, all of a sudden, you know, the Christian life, and I was talking to uh, my girls about this, somehow, all of a sudden, the Christian life has become one where we serve conveniently. It's not, <laughs> it's like we have chosen the route of, serving him as if as if we don't owe him all and now it's like you know if i can put him or put it in my schedule or if i can do whatever if i can do this then then you know see sacrifice is not in the mix is is everything is so convenient nowadays so so it ought to be convenient now. It's, it's, it was interesting, uh, uh, an old friend of mine, uh, Sean, called, and he said, man, I just don't get it, man. I, I, I went to church, and he said, Jay, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out if it's wrong or not. I'm just trying to figure out if it's wrong or not. But I went to a church, and it was church, and we had a service, and it was a christening too, and I was like, I was back in my car like in 40 minutes. I'm just trying to figure out, is it wrong, man? I'm just, I don't know. But I said, no. I said, Sean, you went to a christening. No, man, I went to a service and a christening. And it, and it was like about 40, 45 minutes. I mean, it was all done and that was it. And I said, brother, it's, 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 it was convenient, wasn't it? And he said, yeah, it was, yeah. And he said, that's, that's the thing. You know, it's, it's, it's so convenient. And what I'm used to is serving sacrificially. It's got to, it, it's, it, it, it ought to, it costs something. It costs something. It cost him everything. It ought to cost us something as well. Amen. Serving conveniently. And this is what is so interesting here because he told us to go out and preach. And if he's preparing disciples, then these disciples ought to sacrifice. Ought to sacrifice and, 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 and 
and, and they ought to sacrifice egos and, and comforts and, and, and sacrifice their, their so-called self-esteem, and they need to go out there and open their mouths and tell somebody that Jesus loves them. Tell somebody that's lost and can't find their way that he is the way. Tell somebody, how can we close our mouths, keep our mouths closed while folks just go and slip off into eternity and you don't know if they know him or not? And you don't know if, 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 you, if they know him or not. So it goes back to the first question. It goes back to that first question. Can you remember? Can you remember the day, the time, the moment in which you, in which you were convinced that Jesus was who he said he is? That Jesus is who he said he is. Can you remember that moment in time? Or can you also remember the moment for others in which you rejected him and you continued to do your thing and go on with your life? Either way, it boils down to a, 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 a serious, serious question with eternal implications. And that is, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? And that's the question that's before us now. What will we do with Jesus? And for those who said, I've come, I've changed my life, I've turned, I've, I've, I've turned uh, over the leaf, and I've, I've got a whole new thing going on, and I've got a new walk, I've got a new talk, then is, will that be shared with others? Will that be shared with others? Are you ready to go out and, and tell folks, to tell others who he is? Or are you going to keep it to yourself? Or are you going to act like, hey, I'm doing good because I came. Since I've, since I've come, that should be good enough. Or are you going to go out there and tell somebody? And for those who don't know him or those who who may be standing in a, in a place where they've rejected him. Here's another opportunity. And like I said, until you die, this question will be one of relevance to you. And that is, what will you do with Christ? What will you do with Christ? You're not going to have to tell him no just once. Because he's so gracious that he's going to continue time and time again to come back to you. And he's going to give you opportunity after opportunity to come to him. And here's another opportunity to come. As long as you have, like, breath in your body, you're going to have to entertain the question of what will you do with Christ. And I'm hoping today that you will choose him. Come, taste, and see that he's good. Just come. Just come. If you need to investigate, he says, hey, I'm open for that. Try me. Come, prove me, and I'll show you who I am. And lastly, I'll say this. He's a God that knows everything. <laughs> He's a God that knows everything. 
Just like he knew Nathaniel, he knows you. <laughs> he knows everything. This one person said, the scariest attribute of God is that he's all-knowing. <laughs> it says because he's like, he's like, the, he's like the person that's, that's peeping through the keyhole. And he sees all your secrets. He sees all your secrets. All the skeletons, all the secrets, everything. And see, that's what makes him so uncomfortable to me, that he sees everything. But on the other side, on the flip side, that's what makes him so awesome to me. Because he knows everything about me, therefore he can take good care. <laughs> he can take good care of you. Amen? We just got to change that relationship with him. Come Choose ye this day who you will serve. And for those who are here, we're available after service, after dismissal, to talk and walk with you through that whole process. And for those out in Zoom land, we pray that you contact us and we will be available to do the same.